First Corinthians, chapter fifteen, verse nineteen through twenty. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from fall from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Let's pray together. Father, as we look at these two verses, I ask that you would please speak to us. Please enable me to serve your people well. We know that your word was breathed out by you and it's profitable for us and That it's sharper than any two-edged sword. That it pierces down with clarity into our hearts. That it will go forth and it will accomplish your purposes. And we open ourselves up to that this morning and ask that you would accomplish your purposes in us through your word now. Give us eyes that see and ears that hear and receptive hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. The Apostle Paul wrote those words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit was saying to him and through him to the church then and to us today is that if our hope in Jesus Christ ended in his grave and in our grave, if it's just for this life, then Paul, the greatest missionary who ever lived, is among those who should be pitied more than anyone else. He's pitiful. All Christian ministers are pitiful. To be pitied, to to be uh, consoled if Jesus did not arise from the grave. Billy Graham is pitiful if Jesus did not arise from the grave. Your beloved childhood pastor, whoever the pastor is that you hold in the highest esteem is pitiful if Jesus did not arise from the grave. I'm pitiful. All missionaries, all ministers, all people involved in Christian organizations, Christian authors and speakers and singers, pitiful if Jesus did not rise from the grave. He goes on to say in verse 14, and if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and our faith is in vain. That word vain just means it's empty. Have you ever picked up a milk carton for your cereal and it's empty and it's light? And If Jesus didn't raise from the grave, all of Christianity is this hollow, empty, fake, false, waste of time, pathetic thing that, that weak-minded people believe. So much of it hinges on the historical fact of Jesus' resurrection. It doesn't hinge on the logic of it. It hinges on the historicity of it. It doesn't hinge on the emotional feelings of it all. It hinges on the event. It doesn't hinge on uh, the performance of his people. It hinges on did he 
arise from the dead or did he not? Now, I, I don't believe that people are saved, become Christians, just because certain uh, elements of knowledge click into place and they know something. I think it's more supernatural than that. I think that, uh, that God says the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is his power unto salvation. But it all does rest on a historical event, the resurrection. It's the most important event in all of human history. Now, a lot of people don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. But whether you believe it or not, there is a historical problem around the resurrection. Something happened. Something happened. Why did Christianity suddenly emerge very rapidly with such strength, just out of nowhere? Something happened. Why did this group, the disciples, these early Christians, why did they claim that their leader was raised from the dead? Because there were many people who claimed to be the Messiah back then. Everybody was looking for him. Many people said, I'm the Messiah. But whenever those people were killed, it ended that movement. This person who claimed to be the Messiah was killed. Something happened after he was killed that made the movement explode. None of those other followers of those other Messiahs claimed that their Messiah rose from the dead. Why did this group think to do that? Something happened. Why did this group of Jews, the early Christians, worship Jesus as God? That's not something you did as a Jewish person. That is blasphemy. What made them decide that this man was divine? They wouldn't have gotten to that conclusion easily. They wouldn't have just believed him if he said, hey, I'm God, by the way. We tend to think looking back that those people, they were primitive. They were like cave people. They didn't know any better. They were intelligent people. They're probably more intelligent than we are. We have access to a lot more information, but it doesn't make us any more wise than they were. I think you can see just as much folly in our day as theirs. Jewish people would not have been quick to worship a man as God. Something happened. How did the worldview of so many people change so radically overnight to where they would accept the idea of a divine man and resurrection from the dead. Neither of those are Jewish ideas that they would have likely embraced unless something happened that convinced them. Why did so many of those who claim to have seen Jesus raised from the dead die for it if it wasn't true? What, what was in it for them to claim to have seen a resurrected Jesus other than humiliation and pain and death. They must have believed it. Something happened, and I believe it's what Paul proclaims in verse 20. He says in 19, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, if death is the end of it, Jesus' death and our death, we are of all people the most to be pitied. All of this is empty foolishness. But, in verse 20, But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. But, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The fact of the resurrection means that Paul is not pitiful. The disciples were not pitiful. Billy Graham is not pitiful. All the ministers you know and all the people who give their lives to Christian service are not pitiful. 
You, when you're, you're having your quiet time and you're trusting in the Lord to lead and guide your family, you're not pitiful. It's not empty. It's full. It's true. It's real. And we know it because Jesus is not in the tomb anymore. He has been raised from the dead. Everything he said is true. He is who he claimed to be. This is God's word. None of this is empty because the tomb is empty. The simplest explanation for all those questions I asked is that he must have rose from the dead. All the evidence points to it. So I want to proclaim to you this Easter Sunday, not um, the logic of Christianity or any arguments or I, I don't want to evoke emotional surges in you. It's, it's sort of the cold, hard truth of history. This man really lived. This man really died. And soon after, something happened to make a lot of people worship him as their God. And I believe it was the resurrection. And so I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I don't believe that he is dead. I believe that he is alive. And I want you to believe that too. I believe that Jesus is God's clearest revelation of himself to us. That he is the fulfillment of centuries of prophecy. That he is the sacrifice for our sins. That he is the example for all believers. That he is the Son of God. That he is the Savior. That he is the Lord. That he is alive. So I want to invite you this Easter Sunday to, as Jesus said in his preaching, to repent. And that means to change your mind, to turn from whatever your thinking might be to thinking of Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Turn toward him, wherever you are. Uh, You weary Christians out there who believe in Jesus as the Lord and Savior, alive and risen, turn to him anew. His promise when he said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's not an empty promise. That's a promise that is as sure as this podium in front of me because he's alive. You Christians who are struggling with sin, turn to Jesus anew. Trust in that Romans 6 passage that says, with his death, you died to sin. With his resurrection, you have been brought up to new life. You don't have to continue in sin. You can live the new life in faith in Jesus Christ. Christian parents, parent in light of this. Christian workers, work in light of this. Christian spouses, love your spouse in light of this. Live in light of this as the anchor of everything you believe in every way that you see the world. Jesus Christ arose from the dead. You who are not a Christian... And by that, I mean you who are not trusting in Jesus as your only hope for salvation, as your only way to be cleansed from sin, as your only way to be forgiven, as your only way to be reconciled with God. When I say you who are not a Christian, I mean you who are not following Jesus as your Lord, you who have other lords that you follow or are yourself your own Lord. You who are not opening his word to hear from him, to live in light of what he's taught. You who are not experiencing the regeneration of the Holy Spirit within you. Over time, seeing uh, a dimming of the lights on the things of this world and a brightening of the things of heaven. 
You who have not been transformed by the good news that Jesus died for your sins and arose from the grave. What are you waiting for? Even if you've been in church for years and years and years. If you've not received Jesus as your living Savior, your living Lord, do it today. Wherever you stand, turn to Jesus Christ today. And may we all be able to say together as we sing this closing song with total honesty and with total conviction of heart. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are stilled and strivings cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. In Christ alone who took on flesh, fullness of God and helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save. Till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ, I live, I live. There in the ground his body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. Let's pray before we sing that song together. Father, thank you that the tomb is empty and Jesus Christ is alive. Let the full weight of that settle down deep in our souls. Let us live every moment of our lives in light of the fact that Jesus is alive. That yes, he did die and he died to pay for our sins. But he arose from the grave, proving everything that he taught. Proving that he is the way, the truth, and the life. That he is the way to you. That he is the way to reconciliation with you. That he is the living Lord, the living King. Thank you for Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.